Welcome back, everyone, to Get Real, How to Live a More Authentic Life with Dr. Barry Weinhold. My name is Ashley Ross. Dr. Weinhold, how are you doing today? I'm doing gratefully. I'm grateful again, but I'm always grateful. <laughs> are, are you getting in, the, getting in the holiday spirit yet? Yes, I'm one of those terrible people that has to like hold it in until after Thanksgiving because I just want to put up my Christmas stuff. <laughs> and so I'm real. I just shoot right out the gate as soon as I get the clear. I've got all my decorations up and I have the Christmas movies and the music going. So I'm feeling very festive. How about yourself? Well, I'm yeah, I'm getting ready too. Although I'm I'm uh, I don't have as big a Christmas as I used to when the kids were young and everything. Yeah with the tree and the presents under the tree and all that stuff. And that, that tradition is sort of goes away when your kids grow up and, and leave, leave the homestead. And, uh, and even if they come back, they not necessarily, it's not the kind of Christmas they, they want to have anyway. So, right. So well, that a, makes sense. A little difference. I'm hosting a Christmas party. Oh, wonderful. And, uh, um, I'm, thinking about, I typically don't put up a lot of decorations, but I might put up more because I'm hosting this party and make it seem like a very festive place to, to <laughs> celebrate. Yeah. Well, that's always fun too. And if you've got, you know, a special occasion to take some extra time and care and I don't know, there's just something uh, we talked about cooking for other people, but I actually like it, um, not staging my house, but making my house a fun and comfortable place when guests yeah, come over. Sure. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. That's uh -huh. always a good time too. So um I'm sure that with your young children oh, it's very special for them. And it is. It's it's sure definitely that. still a big deal in our house. Yeah. <laughs> so we're definitely looking forward to that. Especially we have our littlest one. It's his second Christmas and so he'll be a little bit more aware this year. Hopefully we'll at least enjoy the boxes this time. Uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a new month. What are we going to share? Uh, what are you sharing with us this month? Well, I'm going to share at uh, least the first three episodes. I'm going to talk about uh, intergenerational family patterns. And uh, the first episode will be mostly background about how I, how I came to understand these and, and then eventually write a book about it. Uh, and then the second one will be, I'll present all 12 of the intergenerational patterns that I, I'm going to talk about and have written about in the book. And then the third episode is about how you change those patterns uh, so that you have, uh, in the second episode, I'll, have, I'll also uh, present some self-assessment tools to help you see how these family patterns might be impacting your life. So it'll be, uh, we'll put up some uh, self quizzes and different writing exercises that will personalize the data and give you a chance to take a look at how these family patterns show up in your life. And then the fourth one, I'm going to deviate from that topic too. I'm going to present my list of the top 12 badass, stupidest uh, beliefs that people have that cause them trouble. And, and then I'll go over each one of them and then that will lead into two th uh, 2023 because I'll spend then the first part of 2023 digging in deeper to each of those 12 uh, or, or those 20 uh, uh, beliefs that people have that get them in trouble and then talk about how they might uh, change those so they don't get in so much trouble. 
and then also I'm going by that time my new book will be done and so then I'll be spending some time during 2023 and talking about uh, helping you raise your psychological intelligence the title of the book is what is your psyche psyq which is your psychological intelligence and uh, i think that many many people just don't understand themselves and their own psychology well enough to 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 really make their life work the way they should so i'm hoping this will be useful information for everybody about how to uh, make your life work better and become a more authentic person to get real <laughs> which has been uh you know the theme of the last few months here but i think you you know you've mentioned the psyche a few times and it's exciting to be able to you know kind of dive into that with the new year and and kind of learn more about the, that topic because i would yeah. agree that, that uh is something we definitely don't spend enough time on individually i'm spending a lot of time writing that book right now every <laughs> every spare moment i get i'm i'm digging into writing a book i took a writer's writing retreat for a week and i got a lot done and but now since the retreat i'm on a roll and every every time i have an hour here an hour there uh, you can see me at the computer working on that book <laughs> that's so wonderful uh it's a a fun zone to be in to just know that all your thoughts are coming out so fluidly that's wonderful so let me start by talking about family patterns i attended a workshop or uh, many many years ago maybe 30 40 years ago and they talked about family patterns and it was kind of an intellectual topic you know i, I thought oh that's interesting <laughs> and then i began to see the pattern showing up in my life and that kind of got my attention. And uh, uh, I'm, uh, as I talk about them, I'll probably give some examples of how they showed up. But, but basically, I saw there was a really an important uh, way to understand uh, our own, uh, you know, our history. As, uh, as, uh, and, and of course, there's a whole field now that studies this called epigenetics. And uh, they studied the genetic inheritance we have. Uh, and uh, they can trace things back uh, 14 generations that we inherit even now. So, but even then, uh, that only represents about 10% of our history. But they've, they've focused on that and, and, and really have made it a science, which I think is great. But the rest of it, the 90%, is. Uh, about how these patterns of behavior that we grow up with get just passed on, you know, generation after generation without any change. And, and it's, it's really a pretty uh, interesting subject if you get into it. Uh, a rather humorous example of that is uh, there's this story of this, the, the uh, uh, mother and daughter are cooking Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, and they're going to make this big ham uh, and, and bake it in the oven. And the mother says to the daughter is, oh, oh we, we, we got to cut it in half before we put it in the oven. And the daughter says, well, why do, why do, we, why do we have to do that? And the mother says, well, that's how I'm, my mother always prepared it. Oh, I said, oh, well, I wonder, wonder why she, since grandma's out in the living room, let's ask her. So they go out and they ask grandma, you know, we're cooking this ham and uh, 
you you've always cut the ham in half and we, we want to know what's the reason for that and she said i didn't have a big enough pan so it was just the, just but not knowing the origin and the reason for the, why they cut the ham in half it just got passed on every generation that you got to cut the ham in half before you cook it and I think that's an illustration, a humorous one, but of how many patterns of behavior that we observe growing up in our families uh, just get repeated. And, and even sometimes when we say, I will never ever, you know, maybe you've done this one, I will never ever say or do those things to my children when I grow up and have kids. And then you're in the middle of heart, in the heat of battle, what do you do? You find yourself saying and doing the same things your parents said to you. And you, you know, close your eyes, put your head, hands to your face and say, oh my God, how, how come? Well, the how come in my book is that we don't understand the effect of all the things we're observing and how they affect us. Uh, if we don't think it had any negative effect on us, then we're likely to pass it on as being good parents. And 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 think that this is our this is worked for worked for my parents work uh, on parenting me so it should work for me parenting my children, but unfortunately sometimes those things that we pass on are harmful. And and I'll look at some of the patterns that that, uh, that I'm talking about and see if I can help the members of the audience to understand how these patterns do show up and. The other reason why they show up is they're just familiar. We grew up with them. And and so it, it's like it's like our our since we most people, most parents never take a course on how to be a parent. The only data they have is the data that they grew up grew up with as they observe their parents uh, trying to do their best job of being a parent. So it's always a kind of a uh not a, no longer a surprise to me when I see these patterns showing up in my life. And I think, oh, well, I didn't obviously understand how that pattern was affecting my life. I mean, an example of one that I got, uh, I, 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 I busted this one. I don't use this one with my kids anymore. Right? But I have, I have a hard time shedding it myself. Is it when my parents disciplined me? Uh, for something that they thought I shouldn't be doing, they would also add at the end of it, well, what do you think the neighbors would think of you? <laughs> and and that stuck with me. I mean, and my wife, who grew up in the country and didn't have any neighbors, she would see this, oh, why are you closing the blinds? And why are you, why are you so worried about what, what the neighbors might uh, see or think? Uh, because I... And I, I had to think about that, and I thought, well, yeah, that's there's no good reason to hold on to that any longer. <laughs> but I I didn't understand at the time how it was affecting me, and I kept repeating it then as an adult. Uh, and once I understood that 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 was just a remnant of in a way that they tried to control me, I thought, well, now I'm trying to control myself by by being worried about what the neighbors think. So anyway, that that sort of whole idea, uh, and it came to uh, a real kind of uh, 
conclusion, I think, when, when I began to see that um, my own marriage almost was a carbon copy of my parents' marriage. That scared the shit out of me. Excuse my language, but it did. I mean, it was like, I thought I was having a diff much different marriage than they were, uh, they had, and what I observed happened. And then I realized that at one point that my marriage mirrored theirs pretty pretty closely, and uh, and that that really woke me up to the the power of these of these family patterns. And so uh, I'll be talking about uh, each one of the patterns in in a more detail and being able to uh, uh, give some background about what each of these patterns are. So as I began to, to study this further, I actually had a chance to do some workshops overseas with this and found out that it's it's pretty international, pretty universal that people have these patterns. Right now I have a lot of Asian clients and the, the family pattern that is the most difficult for Asian children and I'm mostly looking at working with the children who are complaining that their parents are so controlling. And, uh, and that the pattern is that in many Asian cultures that the children don't go globetrotting around the world, they stay close by so that they're there to take care of their parents in their old age. It's the old age insurance that in many cultures, uh, and, and, and so, trying to have a life and then also have to always be worried about whether uh, I'm violating these cultural norms or, or even family patterns because grandma took care of, uh, or they took care of grandma and now I'm supposed to take care of them. And so the, the family patterns around uh, caretaking our, our parents is, is a very strong one in many cultures. So that's I've noticed that, and I've also noticed that it's really um, true that if we don't understand the effect of these patterns, they will 100% sure they will repeat because we think it's probably the best thing we could do to become good parents because we didn't understand how what the negative possible negative effects were of the things that we grew up with. So. It's a matter of, again, raising your psychological intelligence to understand how what you learned watching you know, countless hours and taking copious notes about what was happening in your family, how much that then becomes your database for um, being a parent when you become one. Have you noticed any of this in your, uh, your life, <laughs> Ashley? Yeah. Um, a big one I noticed recently is I was raised to be very um, affectionate in a sense of like, we always hug and kiss all relatives, even distant relatives. Um, and as a child, I was really uncomfortable with that. Um, and I instinctually started like forcing that on my son. Anytime we were at a family gathering, I would say, go, you have to go hug, you know, yeah, your yeah. cousin or aunt. Um, and I could tell that it, it bothered him. And um, now that he is eight, I've officially put my foot down 
when my own family members try to force him to go hug other family members, I say, no, he doesn't like to give hugs and he can make his own choice whether he wants to or not. Um, And uh, have gotten, although I can't do it for myself, most of the time I still hug those family members. (laughs) But a work in progress. Yeah, it, it is always, uh, you know, if if you stay alert, your children will will bring these right to your face. And then you say, oh, my God, that's what my, what my parents said to me. And now <laughs> I'm saying that to them or they're saying it back to me like they've heard it from me a number of times. So, yeah, that that can be a little bit uh, uh, upsetting when when you find yourself doing that. But that's the real way you break your family patterns or change them, is you become aware of the effect that they had on them, on you. And then you can decide, you know, maybe there are some patterns you want to keep. And and that's fine. And, but as long as you're doing it consciously and, and, and also in the full awareness of how that pattern affected your life. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a kind of a, a dance of, 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 and somewhat trial and error as you become a parent and, and see what patterns you inherited. And then the complication is that your partner inherited another set. <laughs> You've you noticed that one? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and I think that's maybe where the most difficult parts of parenting come in is that um, meshing, right, of, of two different people's upbringings and then trying to figure out then how to parent together and being able to communicate to each other in a way that if the other isn't aware of what they're doing quite yet, um, not coming off in a um, a, like very offensive and and attacking them um, with those things. Uh, It's it's definitely a a trial and error and (laughs) it's a, a a dance, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, that also uh, often comes to the forefront during holidays. You know, like each of you, you, you and your husband, each had different kind of uh, holiday traditions. And so how do you blend those two if they're so far apart? And, and sometimes they are very far apart. And, and some families, they just have two Christmases, one for, one for you and one for your husband. we we do that actually our our families are very different and we have like uh, my husband's family doesn't celebrate christmas on christmas we we do it on new year's yeah oh (laughs) yeah well i remember uh when i got married uh my wife celebrated the opening of gifts on christmas eve i thought no we don't do that we wait until Christmas morning to open gifts. <laughs> I do that as well, actually. I, I always got to open one gift on Christmas Eve, and I tried to carry that tradition on. And my husband's like, we don't do that. Like, no, we don't, we're not allowed to do that. But I won that argument. <laughs> yeah. So Christmas, our family traditions on holidays can cause a lot of conflict sometimes. And, 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 and be surprising that, you know, like this person that is, I'm, I'm so much of an agreement with. Now we have such different traditions to deal with here. All of a sudden, and, and it gets uh, a little bit you know, dicey. 
Well, listen, I think we've talked a little enough about them. I want to now kind of close this episode. And next time in our next episode, I'm going to lay out all 12 of these and why they're important and how, how, to, how to identify how much of these are present in your life. And then we'll go on to the third episode and talk about how you, if you don't like some of them, <laughs> how do you change them? Wonderful. I'm really looking forward to it. I think every episode is always a delight. And um, until next time, thank you so much, Dr. Barry Weinhold. Right. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs>